what started your interest in, in, in things mechanical and when? Just, I was brought up in a farming community anyway, and of course it, everything is mechanical. And This would be in New Zealand? In New Zealand, yes. Um, even though my father wasn't a farmer, he was involved with mechanical devices, and he ran the school bus which he owned. So it, it, it was a natural you know, sort of progression from that that I, I sort of moved into you know, the field that I ended up in, which was working, which was an apprenticeship with the Caterpillar dealer in New Zealand. Right. And, uh, and you would have been how old then? I was, I started my apprenticeship uh, when I, I was 16 and that, that was 1950. Right. Which was, it was a good year to start because it's easy to remember how long I worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you know, the, the war had been over five years, but we, there was, a lack of equipment, so it was all, you know, everything had to be repaired, and that was was also interesting. Everything was overhauled. Yes, of course. So that was was also very good. Um, and from there, I was I was out of my apprenticeship, which was ten thousand hours, and I was out of that in four years uh, because of the hours we used to work mm. and the. Also, a lot of the servicing was out on the fields, and you've... Oh, not in a nice workshop. No, no, and <laughs> you've, you've, um, you've seen the roads on the Rally of New Zealand that mm. they've just held. Well, those were the roads that we used to drive around in our, uh, in our Ford V8 pickups that we had. Right. And because it was always in you know, a sideways motoring when you're, young, <laughs> exactly. when you're young, so that was was also nice. That's the piece I liked about you know the driving bit, mm. and it it was while I was involved with that I suppose that I got interested in in cars, in sort of hill climbs and things, and we would go to hill climbs. A friend and I to see like Sir Bruce McLaren in his little Ulster Austin and yeah. like that, sort of in those days. Yeah. That, was, that builds an interest up. But actually being an apprentice, you never had any money to, uh, to buy anything to race anyway. Although you would have, you know, you probably thought you could actually do it at the time, but um, yeah. probably totally misguided. And so then I would... We would go to the New Zealand uh, Grand Prix at Ardmore, mm -hmm. and when I saw, you know, things like the V16 BRM racing there yeah. with, with Ken Warden and things of like that, I, I realised they had a lot more ability than I would ever be able to muster yeah. up. Yeah. So I thought after that, I, I thought mechanicing was a was a reasonably good option. The next best thing. So then. After the tractors, I sort of went into cars a little bit um, because it, it was lighter work. And, it, and so after the tractors, it, it, 
was not so technically challenging either as which maybe I was lazy and you know probably didn't like the challenge anymore so then when some some cars came along uh, in like some racing saloon cars then I got interested in right. and in the car club and so we went from there and I I was I think a lot of people thought I was better than I was <laughs> which is always good if you can fool some people some of the time <laughs> so we went went from there we went in around New Zealand I got married in 1957 and we we would go to races in the South Island and things like that the wife and I actually Marcia and I and so I sort of got to know a lot of people there yeah and in about the end of the 50s I sort of got involved with a single-seater Cooper that a a friend had bought from England a rear engine one yes not a Cooper Bristol no, no, it was a, it was a, it was a Formula Junior, I presume, but with a fifteen hundred engine in it. Right. And I did some work for him after Ardmore, and that would be the the first single seater that I worked on. But that must have been about nineteen fifty nine or sixty, I guess. And I was involved with saloon cars. At the same time, obviously, at the same time. At the same time, yeah. But, but still working for a living as a yeah, of course, as a mechanic. Mm. Then, in about nineteen sixty-three, I had a car accident as a passenger and ended up off work for about a year. Right. So then I got involved with a with a Lotus Cortina, which was owned by Ford Motor Company in New Zealand. And I prepared, prepared that for the first six-hour race in right. New Zealand. So then they decided to take the car to Australia for their first six-hour. And the drivers were to be Palmer and Jackie Stewart. Right. Okay. And which it, it was race in Melbourne. And what year was that then? That was in sixty four, that must have been. Yeah, I was gonna say sixty four. Sixty four, that actually both the races were at sixty four. Right. Um in the race I remember that Palmer went he he did the did the first stint on the car. We were running reasonably well. I wouldn't say magical, but reasonably well. And then Stuart took over and did a, a lap and a half and blew the engine up. He was used to Cosworth engines and you know, this was a normal, yeah. almost a normal production Lotus Cortina engine. Right. So that was, but that, that was, that was interesting. It was my first race meeting out of the country I then came, came back to New Zealand and actually worked for Palmer then on a on on his Bratton single seater, which 
had a two and a half litre climax in it. Right. He, he, I was only with him for a couple of races because I'd had an offer of a job from England anyway for Winkleman Racing and I, I decided I would I would take that. Yeah, it, fair enough. It, it was an opportunity. No, I yeah. sort of came for a year in 1965, actually March 65, mm. I actually got here. Um, and um, what cars have you been looking after for that then? That was with Brabham's, but of course I arrived in England and we had to go to, first I had to go to Hewlands to build a gearbox up, mm. which was was also very good because I, you know, I got to meet Mike Hewland and, and uh, these were only only smallest companies in those of days. course, absolutely. And and and, yeah. and so Mike was in the business, and he would he would help you. He, he'd do anything you you know you yeah, wanted. Help him, yeah. And and so they were excellent. So I I spent some time uh, building the gearbox up. And the reason for building the gearbox was because at Bradham's uh, they said they couldn't supply us with the cars because there were no gearboxes anyway. Right. So. So I built the gearbox, we took the gearbox to Brabham's, and then they had to build the car version for us. <laughs> and so then you had to build, the, help to build the car, had to help to assemble the, uh, the, uh, uh, the car there. There was also... That would have been in service, was that right? That was at Brabham's? Yes, at Byfleet or wherever they were. They that's were. right, Weybridge. Yeah, actually Weybridge, yeah. That's right. And uh, that's where, you know, I met like the Denny Holm, because he'd been building his... Yeah, build his car up, and he was very good. He was very helpful. Mm. Um, and Bruce would have been there on still. No, 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 no. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So we were, um, and so we built the car up, and you know the the bodywork would arrive. I always remember Yokodax turning up with the bodywork in the middle of the night in his Peugeot with a sticking out through the sunroof. <laughs> Because that's the only way. Of course, it is. And you know, with yuck and everything was a was a laugh anyway. Everything was a bit of a joke. So who would have been your drivers then that first year? It's, it's first year was Yuck and Rent. Yeah. And in the other car, Alan Reese. And that was F two. F two. Yeah. Right. And what cars would you, would you be running? That'd be. <laughs> I probably have to have a look at that. I, I thought I'd probably BT. Eighteens. Eighteens, perhaps. Yeah. 65, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. 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 Um, and, and so when from there, we, you know, we went to races. We oh, were, what were you doing specifically? Just just anything and everything at that point on the cars? Yeah, we had the, uh, there was a mechanic for each car. Yeah. So you would have... Um, so all we had were two mechanics, two cars... Two drivers and a, and a transporter, and that was it. That and was one of the mechanics drove the transporter anyway. Oh, we both drove the transporter. Exactly. Yeah. So if you went to you know went to Sicily, yeah. that was like an epic. Of course. About you know th- three or four days in those days, over all sorts of roads. The word you know the autostradas of course not. everywhere. Yeah. Or they or B roads, or to you know, or to Po or something like that. Yeah. It was just all all St Norman roads, which was rather nice because you 
you certainly got to see the country that we visited. Yeah, and, I've and a fairly busy season, I would have thought, as well. Reasonably busy, yes. You're away. But you're, you're only an F2 team, sort of thing. You weren't running F3 or anything no, like that? No, no. Just all we had, two cars, two drives, a transport and yeah. two mechanics. Right. And and so, in, in like Sapo, uh, you'd, you'd have, to have, to, have to have one mechanic in the pits to look after the two cars, mm. and the other mechanic in the signalling area to signal two cars. How far away? Oh, it's about... Um, it was well around the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so well, half a lap or a third of a lap yeah. away from the pits. You'd be a third of a lap away, mm. yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't talk to each other. No, no such thing as two-way radios or fancy phone. like that. No. It, that. So you'd have to do the timing for them? Yes, yeah. yeah. Start. Yeah. You'd do the timing yeah. and and the signals. and, and But usually you would... You would concentrate on the best of the drivers, which which right. which ever won, and like Sereens, the timing area was way was miles away. But yeah. uh, the, uh, there were people from England who would, you know, associated actually with the team or friends of the team would, would often go to Reims, and and so they would do the They're timing, yeah. Yeah, in the timing area, which was at Tilwa Hairpin, which was. That was miles away, so you'd you'd have two people in the pits there, uh, two mechanics in the pits, and you'd hope they didn't come in. If they came in, then the race was over at Reims. Yes, of course, because it was all. And so it, it, you know, the first of the seasons uh, went off reasonably well, and and I I, I sort of got, you know, I sort of learnt about motor racing in sort of in Europe, which was everything, which was completely different from. You know what I was used to. It was, it was professional. Yeah. And they made money at it, which was mm. was a bit unusual. Unheard of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's how the team had to run. I, I found that uh, you know the letter recently of the you know the job offer that I I oh, did it? when I was in New Zealand and it was interesting. I think I came for uh, the offer was for wages would be £18 a week and £3 a day expenses when right. you were away. Oh, that's not bad. And, and, which was rather interesting. You could, you could live on the continent. This is including hotels and meals and that for £3 a day. Easy. easy. And, and sometimes you, you could make some money out of your exactly. £3 a day. Which of course. Obviously the tax man wouldn't like to hear that that's now. Right. But Bring home your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. But the uh, well, you usually wouldn't actually bring it home because you'd you'd end up eating, have an extra meal or something like that. That's right. Or you'd you'd you would stay at a better hotel. I've I've actually stayed in in a hotel in I think it was in Florence one night. We we were running late. And we were both ill. And we eventually found the, you know, one of the of flashest hotels in the area. We didn't care, yeah. and I always remember it was about, I think it was fourteen thousand lira a night each, which right. was probably about six pound each or something. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it was. Really posh. But we didn't care. <laughs> so blew all the expenses for several days on that sort of thing. So that would happen. 
and it just went on from there really. We, we so what sort of season was your first season for uh, results? Oh, I think we had some firsts and mm. some some thirds and some fourths and all that sort of thing. And and I, the main thing was that I I sort of learnt that you know Yachin was a real racer and, yeah. and if he would he would race to the end. And what that would that have been his first season in Formula Two or had he done six no, before? He, that. His first season in Formula Two was a was a, uh, when he, he came to England and raced at Crystal Palace in nineteen sixty four. Right. Okay. Before that, it, it, it had been Formula Junior. But I th- yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. And he he was I think it, in sixty four it was Ford Austria who supplied the car. Right. To him. So he went from there, but in, in, in 65. And I think in 64, he had met up with Alan Reese because they obviously, in those days, also Alan was, you know, a very competitor. Yeah. And they'd, they'd worked with each other at, at a place like, like Reims, where you had to, you were no good on your own at Reims. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because of the towing, so right. they'd you know they'd got to know each other from those you know, right. sort of situations, got along, got along right. and both in Brams, yeah. both using the same engines, so it was ideal that they um, got together. Up together, and, and the team owner Roy Winkleman, he decided I think the answer would be uh, to have two cars in, in the team, which you know, gave you some depth. Yeah, of course. And they went from there, so it was. It was almost, you know, almost professional. That there wasn't obviously a lot of sort of sponsorship in those no, days. Of anyway, no, from Dunlop, I think, from BP, and uh, but you know, yeah. then an engine, you know, a new engine from Cosworth. I think uh, the SCA engine was was about eleven hundred pound. I think that was right. all. Right. So it, 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 on the surface, it was a lot easier, but uh, the, there's nothing to you know, judge it against anyway. Well, that's right. Well, you so, if you're you know, working hard and being underpaid, you actually know about it. It was so the norm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. That's right. what you're used to. But the, you know, the trips were, were interesting for me because I've sort never been around Europe. As well. So Absolutely. Before. Yeah. And... So I went to places that I that you know you sort uh, of read about. Yeah, and yeah. there's lots of places that I I would like to go back to occasionally, and I, I sort of have been mm. um, when Master was alive. We used to, we would you know we'd go to places. I thought, oh, I've been here. We well, oh, stopped at a hotel. Here. Yeah, here's a hotel. We stopped it and you know, <laughs> things like that. Really, and there's something else. There were teams around you also that you got. To know the personnel from them, and you know, all some nights you'd be you'd be heading for a hotel, and, and you'd meet up and say, "Oh, we know there's a hotel, okay," and and, you, and you'd end up in yeah. in the hotels there. Yeah. Then we moved on to to '67 really, because in in '66 the in Bradham Honda speed us everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Except Brands Hatch for the last last race of Brands Hatch. So you'd I would, 
it was always struggling hard actually against the brains. It was even, uh, it'd be taking the cylinder heads off after practice and you know, lapping the valves and the oh, things really? like Just, yeah. that because the valves in the Cosworth had got so big they they used to warp a bit so it was easier to... Right. And, and you did it in the back of the transport a little you never had garages and no, things like that. So, exactly. um, remember up in Finland, you know, taking the cylinder off in the back of the transport. It wasn't warm either. No, and so yeah. we, we'll move over '66 and, okay. and go straight to straight to '67, which was our. Are you still year. running Yocket in '66? Yeah, yeah, '67. Alan Reese again? Or? Yeah, Alan Reese. Okay, same. And '67 also. Right. So we uh, we started off the Brabham's, but we were lucky with that we got the new Cosworth engine early in the year. I think it was the the first engine from Cosworth, uh, the FVA. Yeah. And and so they supplied an engine and we put it into one of our 1966 cars and we tested a lot. We used to go to Goodwood and yeah. we, we used to go to service and so we... we had a good knowledge of the engine. I think we were the first ones to to crack a block in the engine because um, you know when that happened, um, I had to talk with Costin from Cosworths, and he said, "No, you must have hydraulic it." No, we didn't hydraulic it, and and it, it went through a you know through a whole list of things. Yeah. But that happened again afterwards. We you know everybody. Blocks after oh, that. So it wasn't either. No, but it, it that was interesting. So uh, we test the engine, and we you know we knew the car, and so then when the new cars arrived uh, from from Brabham's the BT23, uh, we were ready for action, and we yeah. were equal because everybody had Cosworth FBA engines. Right. So the and the first races we had, the first race of the year was Silverstone, where we won with the Ockham. I think Alan come second or third as well. The next race was Stetterton, where Jochen won. And then immediately we went up off to Poe, where Jochen won. And Jochen was still run, was running... F1 at this point, obviously. Wasn't yes, it? yeah. So he's dovetailing the two. Yeah. Right. And Poe was next. Then to Poe, and he won there. And this was all only on one engine. We, oh, really? We only had one engine per car at the right. time because we hadn't had second engines from Cosworth then. And then we went to Barcelona for the. How'd you get on at Poe? Trader. Yeah, actually, won at Poe. Okay. So we had had three wins in a row. But then we went off to off to Barcelona, and the engines were getting slightly tired by then. I bet. <laughs> and it, it sort of came back to me that you know, Denny Holmes said, "Well, oh, he said you don't have have to worry about about Jochen because his engine's starting to smoke." And so I sort of heard this, and I thought, "Well, oh yeah, how are we going to?" overcome this so you know we had no parts at all for engines and that. so 
So I just upped the grade of oil. We went from a, in a right. 30 grade to a 40 grade for yeah. BP. And he came second there to Jim Clark. Ah. So we had, you know, we started the season off really well yeah. in 67. And, and from then on, he had some wonderful races in the car in, in the Brabham. Um, I think we won... So I presume the Brabham, the BT23, was a thing to have at that point, was it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was some opposition from Matra, yeah. um, which was very good, but and from Lotus. You see, Lotus. That's also the that's the first year that I met Mr. Dance and Company. Mr. Bob Dance. Bob Dance, and they were at we. I first actually got to meet them at at Rouen, and I they were close to us in the paddock area which you know virtually was a paddock yeah, area yeah. and I heard all this you know the banter going on which was you know typical of Bob and, and so it, it sort of went from that that we you know we got to know and of course on occasions they could beat us so it was all yeah. it and it was a good operation the Lotus was a good operation um, I, I think a lot more resources than us but that never Stop Jochen from beating them, really. No, good. Yeah. So it, and yeah, I'd say Lotus and the Brabham and Matra were all all sort of up there in those right. days. Right. Yeah. Uh, because occasionally, you know, the Matra could beat us on occasions also. Right. Who'd have been running the Matra? I think it might have been. Stewart might have been in the Matra. Was he in an F2 car? Was it? Yes. Oh, yes. Right. Because he went off, actually, uh, one race at Ruan, and Jochen's pound at the hairpin, and Stuart got through. And so Jochen was, you know, was chasing him then. He, he, Stuart was in the lead. Jochen was chasing him. And Stuart went off somewhere. And Jochen, that, that, that made Jochen's day. <laughs> Jochen said, <laughs> Can't believe Jackie went off under pressure. I can't believe it. I can't believe Jackie went off. You know, Jochen used to get all so excited about these these sort of things. Excellent. Because he, he 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 obviously rated Stuart very highly. Yeah. But you know what race drivers are like. Um, you know, even though they rate people highly, they think they're just a little of bit course. better. Absolutely. I've sort of heard the. I was going to say the most useless of race drivers, but but even the bad ones aren't useless. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if I only had the same car as Jackie Stewart, I could win races, and you, you sort of hear this. Yeah, yeah, of course. But but the Ocken was was so funny over this. I I've I've never forgotten it. How he, we sort of went from there, and we would. I always remember went to race meeting at Axel Longer. And the boys from Lotus were there, and uh, we talked about it a little bit, and I said we should go to Rome after the race meeting you know, on, the, on the Monday. Yeah. So, said, yeah, okay. So they they said we'll, okay, we'll pick you up on the transporter on on the way through past the hotel in the morning. Yeah. So we're out in the country somewhere. And they picked us up, and we go to Rome, and we had our you know we we did Rome in a day sort of thing. <laughs> Excellent. And sort of where everywhere that you had to go. And uh, then, in the evening, 
we said, we'll get you know a taxi back to a hotel now. What are you guys going to do? They said, oh, we have to drive home now. Well, I said, all night. I said, oh, yeah, all night. Oh, yeah. Whereas for us, you know, we were a little team. No, you know, they didn't care when we got home, just as long as we got home of course. in time. So that's exactly. the difference with us. To work back on work on the F1 cars or whatever they were working on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a yeah, start. Yeah, yes. You know, they'd have to be back and there'd be questions <laughs> asked you to why, they, you know, why they were late. And that was the reason that I... I always always liked smaller teams because you never had this. Yeah. Uh, Not pressure, but no, you. you yeah. Know, with small teams, you know, they gave you the money, and you had to get to here by so-and-so. And it didn't matter how you. Yeah. As long as you got there, you got there. The yeah. cars were ready. Yeah. yeah. We did in between. That was it. Yeah, we'd, we'd on the way down to I think it must. Been to Sicily once, and we we get to Chamonix, and we we see the cable cars you know, going up in the mountains yeah, there. And the, yeah. Well, that'd be nice. We'll we'll go up there on the way home, and and then we get you know down around the coast of Italy, and there's a lovely beach there. Oh, that's nice. We'll stop there on the way home, and so we we'd stop off you know for a night at the beach somewhere, yeah. you know, spend a day there, and then up to Chamonix early in the morning one morning. I remember lovely. Beautiful frosty morning, and park the transporter in the car park, up in the cable car for the day. When everyone else is <laughs> slogging their gates out, driving through the night home. Everyone home frantically, yeah. Brilliant, so, even better. So, you know, we had the odd thing. You used to drive a lot, sort of all nighters. I, d- I don't know why this this was, but with the two of you, you know, one would be asleep and the yeah. other one would be nearly asleep but driving. And this was. This would continue on. Like one time we had we had to race in Finland, and that was another one. Oh yeah, Karlskoga. No, no, that uh, Karlskoga in Sweden. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was at oh, I know one race was at Hamelina, but oh yeah, there was another one before that. I can't think of the name of the, of the circuit, but the. The two cars for Winkelmans, the one was for Jochen, and another car for Alan Rees was actually hired out to Jochen Bonnier. Oh, right, okay. So then there's a third car that actually that Brabham's had that had no engine, and I had to fit the engine and the gearbox in it overnight for Alan Rees to race, so it was all... Okay. And that ended up as an epic. And then after that, we had to get back from there, and from there to Hamelina. Then the race after Hamelina, we had to leave straight after the race, and we had to catch the ferry to Sweden. And then we we got off the ferry at 10 o'clock in the morning. At 10 o'clock... The morning after we were at Arkin, which right. I think is a thousand miles. Wow, that's fun going. And that was just, and uh, the two trips actually on ferries involved with that also. Mm. But that's down through, you know, across into Denmark, yeah. down to Germany and across yeah. through Germany that way. But you, the average isn't particularly high, but it, 
in the, in the old in transporter we have, you, you sort of had to keep it moving. Of course, yeah. And you didn't, you keep know, stuff a lot no. to eat. So on the on the same trip as us, that the boys of Lotus had it was Bob again mm-hmm. had this thing with you know, with another Bob, the Bob Sparshot, who was fairly heavily built and. Bob Dance had this discussion that one could last longer than the other without eating him. <laughs> so down on that trip, they they nearly nearly died from passing out through. <laughs> that was the sort of thing that they lack used to of get food. Up to. Yeah, lack of food. So into '68, um, you were still running F2 and you were still running Jochen and Dan and Nance again. Yeah. And so you're still with the Brabners again. So you're obviously still well satisfied with your two drivers. Yes, yeah. yeah. You want to change yeah. them, obviously. Yeah, the, you know, we uh, we had no hassle with the drivers. Well, we, you know, the, the drivers were part of the team. Alan Rees was the manager anyway. He was the manager now as well. Well, was yeah. he anyway? Yes, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah. He was always the manager. And that was a good thing with Roy Winkleman. He supplied... The money and the premises, because he owned a bowling alley in Slough, and we had premises underneath the bowling alley. Really, which was um, which was handy because uh, they had a, had a had a restaurant or a you know eating establishment in there. So yeah. if if you're working late, you could always get something to eat as long as it wasn't too late. But by you know usually. Usually one o'clock in the morning, uh, you'd hear the last of the balls come down the lane, and uh, then you're on your own, yeah. and, and you'd be working away. But it, it was it was nice and cosy, and, and it was easy easy place to work. But that's where Roy was excellent in that he just let he let Alan Reese run it, and and didn't interfere too much. He never interfered at all. Right. No, no, he was very good. So what was it, what was in it for him? Did he, he just enjoyed it, obviously. He was a bit of a racer, but he, he was very rarely at races. He was he spent a lot of time in America at universities there. Right. Uh, studying criminology was his big thing, I believe. Right. And uh, but, but he had a racing team in Europe. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he had a racing team. And uh, uh, sort of occasionally he would come to race, but... Reasonably rarely. Right. Reasonably rarely. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for an Englishman. He, mm. he actually got into business by having the, I believe, the first security van in London. Really? Yeah. And oh. he basically sold the business out, I, I, I think, to Securicore. Right. I'm not absolutely certain. I'm yeah. Sort of, sort of on that, but that's how, that's how, that's how it started off. But yeah. I think that's also how the... the Criminology actually came in into it all was, yeah, well. uh, from the security vehicles yeah. and, and that's interesting. Knowing a little bit about what you know, what people are going to knock off. Yeah. Them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, so the the season in '68 was you know once again excellent. You know, because Jochen was likes the Thruxton. He was he was virtually virtually unbeatable. Yeah. Actually, at Thruxton and I. Remember one time he he came 
I don't know whether it was 67 or 68, but he went off line a bit and went through one of the marker boards. And he, after the race, he, you know, which he won, he came in and said, God, these brackets are strong. He said, straight through all those boards. He said, I'm not a hardly a marker. You know? Brilliant. <laughs> he turned it round and came back. And he'd laugh at that. He'd, he'd think that was just, you know, that was a bit of a, bit of a fun thing too. I think it was easy for him in a way in that he he never had to try that hard. Really? He was a natural. Yeah, and lucky in that respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he would put the effort in, but he, you know, in a car on the road, I, I wasn't with him a lot in sort of road cars, mm-hmm. um, but I know Alan Reese was, and Alan said, he, he said, Jochen's unbelievable at that in the slough roundabout. He said, he's got the thing pointing at the middle of the roundabout all the way around. <laughs> brilliant. And you know, and I love it. Alan said that because he was pretty good on the road himself. Yeah, I bet. That. He was obviously impressed by yeah. it. '68 was another good one. We had wins, um, and we did okay there. We, we, you know, you'd have to say it. It, it was probably better than the works. Right. You know, better than Brabham's. Yeah. And actually, better than. Better than Lotus, mm. also. Mm. So yeah, we we had another good, you know, you know very good sort of season there. But uh, in a way, um, I sort of took that for granted. I, I I sort of never was, I was never a person that that was overwhelmed with the win. I haven't had heroes ever. Right. Uh, but maybe this is a New Zealand. So, sort of thing where you don't have heroes anyway mm-hmm. uh, you know the drivers to me were you know that was their job yeah and that's of course did. In, you did what you did in in the Formula 2 also they all mixed with the mechanics and and it was extremely easy because there were no motor homes there weren't anything so they'd uh, they'd you know come into your into the back of the transporter if if they want to talk to each other or yeah, things like that, it was it was a little bit like motorcycle racing, which was mm. um, you know the riders sort of very normal sort of people. Like, you know, yeah. we, uh, uh, we knew Billy Ivy reasonably well because he bought one of our cars yeah. from us at, at the end of the season, and so he would be. He would be around with us if he was. We'd be hocking on somewhere, and he said, "Oh, I have to come out for a meal." You know, we we all go. I know where there's a restaurant. Yeah. Really knew where Great. everything was, and, yeah. and so you'd you'd all meet up, and and you know you'd head off the restaurant that you know he knew. I remember one night there with Billy. He he had a Maserati Ghibli, and and, and he sort of knew I was, I was into cars and that, and uh, he came out of the restaurant. He said, "Pete," he said, "Have a drive in the mass." He said. You see what you think? It's mm. nice cars, much better than a Ferrari. Have a drive, have a drive. So you know, I, I sort of drove back to my hotel and you really? know with Billy, and and it was like that all you know yeah. all the while. Mm. We actually, Poe one year. This this must have been '68, and he he came past us in the morning. We're up, we're up on the way to Barcelona, and uh, we had Peter Briggs with us, and he was a bit ill, old Pete, and. Uh, 
from drinking the night before. And so Billy can't pass it, pass it in the mat, and he made all the um, you know, eating movements. So it was obviously him the last time. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and we get up the road oh, about three or four miles, and there's the mat. I parked the other way around with the headlights on. Right. And he, 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 he's, he's already in the restaurant, you know, Bill, so you just, you know, hop out and yeah. go over, turn his lights off and the mess and go okay. and have a meal with him. And it was all nice and relaxed. It was, yeah, it's nice. It was good. It, it isn't like, you know, we had to be there exactly and, and yeah. so you, you got to meet these people. And That's I, right. I was looking at a magazine here, it isn't a magazine, it's a book, on the uh, motorcycles and sidecars in the World Championship. And there's a guy in there. We met him at Nürburgring, but the only reason we met him because he was a friend of Billy's, you know. Yeah, and so, so he'd be with Billy, Bill, and they'd say, oh, meet the Cesar, so, you know, he's made his own four-cylinder engine. And right. It used to go like that, yeah. yeah. And so right. it was nice like that. I, I always, you know, thought. And the, you know, Formula 2... Was a little bit, you know, like the boat. It's like that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you get to Reims. I remember, you know, Reims. I've got photographs here the, in the swimming pool at, at Reims in this hill home. Yeah. Just enjoying All these people. Together. And, you know, we were there. You know, they didn't yeah. say, oh, we don't do any mechanics in this yeah. pool. That make it greasy. <laughs> <laughs> so how about 69? So at... at at the end of '68, we had the uh, the Temperata oh, out right, in, yes. in Argentina. Now the first race was Buenos Aires, and it was at the time of the wings on on the cars also. So we had the Brahmas with some wings on there, um, and the uh, Ferraris were out there also with their V yeah. sixes, uh, which. Oddly enough, we'd you know we'd hammered them in Europe most of the time, mm. but we get out to Argentina, and for some obscure reason, they were quick. They were quick, so we 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 actually suffered a little bit. But I, I think Jochen came second in the over, over, overall over the four races there right. uh, in San Juan East because he missed practice. He he started from on the back of the grid there and finished either either second or third I think it was like How many cars have you had on the grid? We had two cars there and then all the other teams were out there all the Lotus weren't there No but Oliver was Matcher were there Ferrari us Frank Williams yeah, he had some local drivers, yeah. and so then there were some uh, some other local drivers yeah, in there right. also. But the good thing there was was driving between the races. Right. You know, they supplied us with some old cars with balder tyres, uh, some Chevy twos, which had the had the six cylinder engine in, right. in in Argentina, and of course it was big distances. Yeah, absolutely. And sort of open roads, and you know they had. Had a had a revolution there in '66, hadn't they? I think the army had, had sort of taken over, yeah. so there were a lot of people walking around there with guns, and uh, there were checkpoints on the roads, and, and they you know, they'd pull you up, and the, the guy'd have the 
had the gun resting on the windowsill and things like right. that, which made it a little bit nervous, but we'd just you know, reach and handle all the papers and they'd look at them and hand yeah. it back to us. But uh, in one part we were, we were coming back from San Juan and I remember I was driving and there was this big long straights with sort of nothing, you know, nothing either side. And there were truck stops on the way and everybody pulls in there and you have something that's sort of unedible or you wouldn't eat it if you had yeah, a choice. Have no choice. You have no choice. So you'd stop. But uh, at the one part, we were you know, doing around 90 mile an hour in this, this old Chevy thing that was just wafting along. We'd, before we left from Sandwood, we'd, we'd taken all the good tyres and the wheels off the car that Jochen had and put them onto ours because he was leaving his car there. Right. So we put all the baldies onto his mm-hmm. and because he was leaving there. And we're doing 90 mile man, we, we see the trucks and things, but of course you don't lift off. And, so, and as we went through, I realised it was the checkpoint, military checkpoint. Oh. And, uh, and I, I look in the mirror and I saw a guy with a gun come running out on the oh. road and have a look. But he, he only looked, he wasn't going to shoot us. And I thought, I wonder if they'll stop us further up the road. But we knew that their, either their telephone system was in chaos. Anyway. Yeah, not very good. And so the, 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 they never, you know, we never heard anything more. But he, he must have been quite a surprise. The wind must have been blown off his feet between all these trucks. But, uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. And, and so we arrived back in England on Christmas Eve and it was snowing, I remember, which what was a, difference. a contrast. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one thing interesting was when we were at the meeting in, up in San Juan, actually Jochen was... Uh, he was driving around the circuit in his car to, you know, just have a look at the circuit. In his road car. In a road car, yeah. And and Banjo was out on the circuit in a Torino, uh, which was a was a car made locally. And so sort of afterwards, when Jochen actually came in, he said. Fanjo, he said, he is incredible. He said, he come past me on the circuit, he said, out there. He said, it's hell of a dusty and that. He said, he comes past me, he said, and I try to hang on. He said, the man is so good, he said. Even now, he said, if you had him in, in a modern a single seat, he said, he would be so quick. The man's incredible. Really? Yeah. Which was unusual to come from Jochen, yeah. who... He, he sort of never, you know, heaped a lot of praise on anybody. Right. I thought that was... High praise indeed. Yeah, that was excellent, yeah. yeah. And that would have been, what, 10 years after he retired? After he retired, at least. So, yeah. Yeah, 68, yeah. yeah. Would he, have been, he, he must have retired in, yeah, in 58, about yeah. Yes, and I, I think he retired when he was held 48 or something. Yeah. He was, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, so 10 yeah. years later, that's... The, yeah. Uh, if Jochen Ren thought he was quite decent then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was... <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, you know, that that was rather nice of Jochen because it was unusual, was it? unusual <laughs> to praise anybody, yeah. yeah. You know, always, he was always actually saying, you know, like, you know, like, it, even the Brad Mahondas, I remember, he'd say, they're not unbeatable, you know, you, they're not unbeatable. And he, he just carried on... Yeah. For a season, saying that, and you know, beat him in the last race, but you know, with a bit of luck. But he 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 never gave up. So when right. he 
would praise somebody like that. I thought that was 